Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to the Alex Cardinal Show, your one stop for news, sports, current events, current news, politics, and fun. With plenty of action packed into this show, there is something for everyone. What will Alex be talking about today? Want to call in and interact with Alex? Call in live at 1 323 642 1605. Now, coming to you live from Springfield, Massachusetts, is the crazy Alex Cardinal. Take it away, Alex. You are tuned into the Weekly News Hour here on the Alex Cardinal Show. Alex is going to recap the latest in this week's current news, sports, entertainment, and much more. Plus, he will take a blast from the past, and we will all learn about this day in history. So let's get this news station started. The News Hour is ready for blast off, starting now. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Alice Cardinelli Show on this fine Friday evening. I hope you guys are doing wonderful. And I want to thank you for tuning in to the Alice Cardinelli Show on this fine Friday evening. Welcome to the first news hour of February. That's right, we are in February, the second month of 2015. Can you believe how fast January flew by? And we had some great weekly news hour in January, where we're going to have some fantastic ones here in February. Anyways, I'm your host, Alex Cardinelli, and I've got a wonderful news hour coming your way on this fine Friday evening. This is going to be a fun one because I'm introducing something new to this show, and I'll explain that in just a bit here in a second. Now, I hope you guys all enjoy tonight's show, and I'm sure you will enjoy today's show. So the agenda for today's show is I'm going to start off like I started off all my other weekly news hour. I'll start off by talking about today in history, and then I will talk about some of the weekly news that I want you to know. And then I'm going to do, for the very first time ever, on the Alice Cardinelli Show, a live food review. And I'm going to do that tonight on the Weekly News Hour. I'm going to be reviewing a new Oreo product. I'm going to be reviewing the Red Velvet Oreo. I will taste, test, and review the Red Velvet Oreo right here tonight on the Alice Cardinelli Show. And then I'm going to do a Super Bowl 49 recap, a WWE Monday Night Raw and Thursday Night SmackDown recap. And then, of course, we've got my quotes. And finally, we've got news for the Alex Cardinelli show. So that is going to be our agenda for tonight's show. We've had an awesome week. We've had two wonderful guests this week. And we're going to finish this week with a Great, great news hour episode, and I'm happy to be back on a news hour because last Friday we did a Super Bowl preview show, so this is my first news hour in two weeks, so I'm very happy about that. All right, 
Don't forget, you can call in live at 1-323-642-1605 to share any news from your local area, or you can call in at 1-323-642-1605 to share your thoughts on the Red Velvet Oreos or share your thoughts on the Super Bowl or share your thoughts on WWE this week. One three two three six four two one six zero five, and I look forward to your calls. I don't think we've gotten any callers on our weekly news hour, and I'd love to get a caller tonight on our fifth installment of weekly news hour. All right. Well, since we've got a lot to talk about, let's get started, shall we? Well, well, welcome to Today in History being brought to you by Jam Books, your leader in guitars and guitar supplies. So let's find out how historic today is. All right. We're now going to start today's show by discussing Today in History. Today is Friday, February 6th, the 37th day of, 27, uh, of 2015. There are... 328 days left in the year. Today's highlight in history. On February 6th, 1952, Britain's King George died at Sandringham House in Norfolk, England. He was succeeded as monarch by his elder daughter, who became Queen Elizabeth II. On this date in history, in 1788, Massachusetts became the sixth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. In 1815, the state of New Jersey issued the first American railroad charter to John Stevens, who proposed a rail link between Trenton and New Brunswick. The line, however, was never built. In 1899, a peace treaty between the United States and Spain was ratified by the U.S. Senate. In 1911, Ronald Wilson Reagan, the 40th President of the United States, was born in Topaco, Illinois. In 1958, British European Airways Flight 609 crashed on takeoff from Munich, West Germany, killing 23 of the 44 people on board. In 1998, President Bill Clinton signed a bill changing the name of Washington National Airport to Ronald Reagan Washington National Airport. Pop music star Falco, who had a 1986 hit with Rock Me, died in a traffic accident in the Dominican Republic. He was 40 years old. Ten years ago, the New England Patriots won their third NFL championship in four years, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 49 by a score, or excuse me, in Super Bowl 39 by a score of 24-21. to 21. The Patriots defeated the Eagles on this day in 2005 in Super Bowl 39 
by a score of 24-21. And I'm sorry that I mentioned Super Bowl 49 because the Patriots did win Super Bowl 49 this past Sunday, and I'm still very excited about that almost a week later. But, yes, the Patriots did win 10 years ago, too, um, when they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, my brother's favorite team. Fans of the late reggae singer Bob Marley celebrated his 60th birthday in his birthplace of Jamaica, as well as the Rastafarian Holy Land of Ethiopia. Eighteen people were found dead of carbon monoxide poisoning in a mountain hotel in eastern Spain. Acclaimed Russian pianist Lazar Berman died in Florence, Italy at the age of 74. Also 10 years ago to this day, the animated series American Dad premiered on the Fox network. I love American Dad. It's a very, very good show, and I watch American Dad a lot with my brother. He likes American Dad, and I like American Dad, so it's a very good series. Okay, one year ago, House Speaker John Blainer all but ruled out passage of immigration legislation before the fall elections. A suicide bomber blew himself up at the gates of a Syrian prison, and rebels stormed in behind him, freeing hundreds of inmates. Baseball Hall of Famer Ralph Keener, 91, died in Rancho Murridge, California. Former U.S. poet Maxine Kuhlman died in Warner, New Hampshire, at age 88. Last year, Jay Leno said goodbye to NBC's The Tonight Show for the second time, making way for Jimmy Fallon to take over as host. So that is today, February 6th in history. Today's birthdays, actress Zissa Zissa Gabber is 98. What a weird name for, for Gabber, Zissa Zissa. Actor Patrick McConaughey is 93. Cinemagrafter and filmmaker Haskell Wexler is 93. Actor Rip Torn is 84. Actor Mammy Van Duren is 84. Actor Mike Farrell is 76. Former NBC News anchorman Tom Brokaw is 75. Singer Fabian is 72. Actress Gail Huncutt is 72. Producer, director, writer, Jim Sheridan is 66. Singer, Natalie Cole is 65. Actor, John Walmsley is 59. Actress, Cassie Najimy is 58. Rock musician, Simon Phillips is 58. Actor, director, Robert Townsend is 58. Actor, Barry Miller is 57. Actor, Megan Gallagher is 55. Rock singer Axel Rose is 53. Country singer Richard McDonald is 53. Singer Ricky Astley is 49. Rock musician Tim Brown is 46. Good Morning America co-host Amy Robich is 42. Actor Brandon Holland is 31. And the youngest is actress Alice Gretchen 
is 29 years old. So happy birthday to all those of you celebrating a birthday on February 6th. All right. Thought for today is cherish your your wildness, or excuse me, cherish your wilderness, which comes from Maxine Kuhlman, 1925 to 2014. So what a great quote, cherish your wilderness from Maxine Kuhlman. And that is Today in History for February 6th. This just is. It's time for the weekly news. Here's Alex Cardinale with this week's news. All right. Well, it's time for this week's news. I've got plenty of news to report to you this week. Some good news, some crazy news, and some sad news. But I can assure you, I've got plenty of news. I first would like to say thank you to my buddy, Jeff, for tonight's first news report. And he was actually... Um, the person that re- that tweeted this to me. So thank you, Jeff, for this first news report for tonight's episode. All right, let's get started. An edge on close encounter with Jupiter. Every 13 months, Earth and Jupiter have a close encounter. Astronomers call it an opposition because Jupiter is opposite the sun in the sky. Our solar system's largest gas planet rises in the east at sunset and soars overhead at midnight, shining shining brighter than any star in the night sky. This year's opposition of Jupiter occurs today on February 6th. It isn't an ordinary close encounter with Earth, but in February of 2015, Jupiter is edged onto the sun. A rare coincidence, Jupiter's opposition on February 6th coincides almost perfectly with its equinox on February 5th when the Sun crosses Jupiter's equatorial plane. It is an edge on appropriation of the giant planet that sets the stage for a remarkable set and series of events. For the next couple of months, backyard skywatchers can see the moons of Jupiter executing a complex series of mutual eclipses and transits. The eclipses have already started. On January 24th, for example, three of Jupiter's moons, Io, Europa, and Costello, cast their inky black shadows on Jupiter's swirling cloud tops. The triple shadow transit happened while Jupiter was high in the sky over North America, and many backyard astronomers watched the event. As Earth's crosses the plane of Jupiter's Ecuador, in the weeks and months ahead, there will be many mutual events. For instance, on February 5th, Volcanic Io will cast its shadow on Mercury-sized Ganymede, Jupiter's largest moon. On February 7th, icy Europa, home to what may be the solar system's largest underground ocean, will cast its shadow on Io. Events will 
events like these will continue off and on until July 2015. During the last edge on appropriation in 2009, some observers managed to obtain the first resolved time-lapse videos of mutual phenomena. Experienced amateur astronomers recorded satellites ducking in and out of one another's shadows, moons in partial and total eclipse, and multiple shadows putting across the face of Jupiter. Backyard telescopes have come a long way in the past six years, so even better movies can be expected this time. You don't have to be an experienced astronomer to experience Jupiter's opposition. Anyone can see the bright planet rising in the east at sunset. It outshines by far anything else in its patch of sky. Point a small telescope at the bright light, and voila, there are Jupiter's cloud belt and storms, and the pinprick lights of the Galilean satellite circling the gas giant below. Try it. 640 million kilometers won't seem so far away at all. And again, I want to say thank you to Jeff for that awesome news report. Well, we go from an awesome news report to a sad news report. At least six people are dead after train hits two cars Tuesday night. At least six people died and 12 were injured Tuesday night when a Metro North commuter train plowed into a vehicle on the tracks north of New York City, a Metro North railroad official tells CNN. Five of the people killed in the fiery crash were train passengers, and the sixth fatality was a female driver of a Jeep, the official said. A Metro Transit Authority official said the collision happened about 7 p.m. when the gates at the two-track Commerce Street crossing near Vala came down on top of a Jeep Cherokee stopped on the tracks. The driver got out to look at the rear of the vehicle, drove forward, and was struck, the MTA official said. She was outside the vehicle when the train struck, the official said. The 5.44 p.m. northbound train from Grand Central Station shoved the SUV about 10 car lengths north, the MTA official said. Photos and videos of the scene showed flames and smoke pouring out of the windows of the commuter train. A passenger, Justin Kubach, told CNN that people on his car didn't panic and exited in a orderly manner. Getting out of the car was difficult because it was so high and snow was on the ground, he said. MTA said the riders evacuated themselves. About 400 commuters were taken to a rock climbing gym for shelter, the train company official said. Buses are en route there to get them to Pleasantville. Twelve people were taken to Westchester Medical Center. Their condition was not immediately known. The MTA website said Harlem Line Service is temporarily suspended between North White Plains and Pleasantville because of collision. 
shuttle train service is operating between Grand Central Terminal and North White Plains and between Pleasantville and Bruster. Limited shuttle bus service is operating between North White Plains and Pleasantville, the website said. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's office tweeted that he was heading towards the scene. The National Transportation Safety Board tweeted that the agency was sending a GO team to investigate the crash. And I, at the Alice Cardinelli Show, would like to wish all six of you who lost your life a rest in peace. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick moment of silence here for all those of you, all six of you, who lost your lives. So let's take a quick moment of silence, shall we? Okay, so we go from a sad news to a rather interesting, somewhat funny, and somewhat bizarre news story that I'm going to share with you. And that is Indianapolis Colts player Dequell Jackson arrested for punching pizza delivery guy per report. Indianapolis Colts linebacker Dequell Jackson is accused of punching a pizza delivery worker twice in the head after a dispute over a parking space, per reports. He was subsequently arrested Tuesday night in Washington, D.C., law enforcement sources told Jennifer Donlin of ABC7. Jackson, 31 years old, snagged headlines in January after he caught the interception in the AFC Championship game that sparked the Flategate allegations against the New England Patriots. The dispute Tuesday night ended with Jackson receiving a citation for simple assault. The pizza delivery worker was treated for his injuries by an ambulance, but was not taken to the hospital, according to Dylan. Jackson earned his first career Pro Bowl nod in January, replacing Seattle Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner. Before joining the Colts in 2014, Jackson played the first seven seasons of his career with the Cleveland Browns. It has been a rough start to 2015 for the Colts, who lost 45-7 to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. In the last few weeks, linebacker Josh McNair was charged with rape. Linebacker Andrew Jackson was arrested for DUI, and running back Trent Richardson received a two-game suspension in addition to Dequell Jackson's arrest. So the Colts have had a bad 2015. All right, now moving on down to a very funny news that I think is pretty funny, so I'll share that with you right now. And that is Paris Hilton's brother, Conrad Hilton, charged after alleged in-flight ruckus. Paris Hilton's youngest brother surrendered to authorities Tuesday to face charges of interfering with flight crew members six months after he allegedly threatened to kill crew members and the co-pilot of a British Airways flight, according to court documents. Conray Hughes Hilton, 
20 years old had to be restrained by five flight attendants on board British Airways Flight 269 last July during a series of profanity-laced tirades in which he accused the flight crew of taking the peasant side, according to an FBI affidavit included in a criminal complaint filed Monday in U.S. District Court in Los Angeles. The great-grandson of the hotel chain founder told the co-pilot of the London to L.A. flight, If you want to square up to me, bro, then bring it on, and I will F fight you, according to the affidavit. Hilton told one flight attendant that he was angry over a recent breakup, according to the affidavit. Robert Shapiro, the Hilton family's lawyer, couldn't immediately be reached for comment, but TMZ, which first reported Hilton's arrest, quoted the attorney as saying that just before the flight, Hilton had taken a sleeping pill whose side effects could include angry and aggressive outbursts. My father will pay this out. He has done it before. Dad paid $307 last time. According to the FBI affidavit, drink service was delayed about 40 minutes by a disruptive passenger who investigators later identified as Hilton. Witnesses estimated that he got out of his seat at least 20, at least 20 times during the 10-and-a-half-hour flight, beginning as soon as the flight took off while the seatbelt sign was still lighted. One flight attendant told the FBI that Hilton claimed he could walk around because the flight crew was allowed to, told that he did indeed have to sit down and buckle up. Hilton got very aggressive and used profanity, according to the affidavit. The flight attendant told the FBI that the flight was just one parade after another. The flight customer services manager in charge of the 21-member crew told the FBI that he, too, tried to get Hilton to calm down, but Hilton yelled at him several times to F off. The manager said he got alerts over the intercom every time Hilton disturbed a crew member alerts that were, according to the affidavit, continual throughout the flight. A different flight attendant told the FBI that one of his pre-ambulitions, Hilton complained that a male passenger was giving him the stink eye and that he was concerned that the man either wants to fight me or F me, but I am not gay. Soon Hilton was threatening to kill the flight attendant, he told the FBI. Eventually, the crew manager said the pilot authorized a team of five flight attendants to restrain Hilton with blankets and evasion restraints, whereupon he again began screaming, of Sentis and saying his career as a model would be ruined, according to the affidavit. A flight attendant told the FBI that she had never seen a passenger lose it consistently for four hours at a time on an aircraft. She said Hilton's every sentence contained the F word, 
variations of which Hilton is quoted by witnesses as having dropped at least 25 times in the FBI affidavit. At one point, Hilton charged the flight crew members were taking the peasant side and warned that he would F own anyone on this flight. They are F peasants, according to the FBI, which said, Hilton boasted, my father is a multi-millionaire L.A. real estate Mughal. Rick Hilton will pay this out. He has done it before. Dad paid $300,000 million last time. Whatever last time, whatever happened last time was not explained. And I thought that was a, a pretty strange news story. Matter of fact, it was on the news story, so it was full of drama from the Hilton, the Hiltons. All right, now moving on down to a very good story that I'm very proud to share with you, and I'm sure you guys are going to be proud to hear it. And it is, Dad Refused to Give Up Newborn Son with Down Syndrome. When Samuel Forrest of Armina heard a baby crying from outside his wife's hospital room, he knew his life would change forever. Not only had he become a father, but he would soon receive some unexpected news about his newborn son. The pediatric walks out of the room with a little bundle. That was Leo, Forrest said. He had his face covered up, and hospital authorities would not let me see him or my wife. When a doctor came out, he said, there's a real problem with your son. Forrest followed doctors and nurses into a room where he finally got to meet his baby. When I walked into the room, they all turned to me and said, Leo has Down syndrome, he told ABC News. I had a few moments of shock. After the news had sunk in, Forrest held Leo for the very first time. They took me in to see him, and I looked at this guy, and I said, he's beautiful. He's perfect, and I absolutely keep holding him, and I'm absolutely keeping him. Soon, Forrest walked into his wife's hospital room with Leo in his arms. Her reaction was unlike the one he ever expected. I got the ultimatum right then, he said. She told me if I keep him, then we would get a divorce. Attempts to reach the hospital for comment weren't immediately successful. The baby's mother, Rosen Badalin, told ABC News that she did have a child with Down syndrome and she has left her husband, who has a child, but she declined to elaborate. Forrest, who's from Auckland, New Zealand, said he was completely unaware of the hospital practices in Armina when it came to children. What happens when a baby like this is born here? They will tell you that you don't have to keep them, he said. My wife had already decided, so all of this was done behind my back. Despite his wife's warning, Forrest said he never had a doubt in his mind that he would hold on to his son. One week after his birth, Leo's mom filed for divorce. It's not what I wanted, Forrest said. I didn't even have a chance to speak with her in privately about it. Forrest, who works as a freelance business contractor, has plans for he 
and Leo to move to his native country of New Zealand, where he said they'll receive support from loved ones. In the meantime, he's enlisted for some help on his GoFundMe page titled Bring Leo Home. This really came out of the blue for me, he said. I don't have a lot. I have very little, in fact. The goal is to raise enough for a year so I can get a part-time job so Leo doesn't have to be in daycare and I can help care for him. He's lost a lot in two weeks. It'll be different if he had his mommy. Forrest has recently been working with disability awareness groups to share his story in hopes that parents will become better educated on children with special needs. After what I've been through with Leo, I'm not going to sit back and watch babies be sent to orphanages, he said. As a child with Down syndrome, they become somewhat of a label. If we can't get, if we can get around this label, we'll see that they're normal. They're a little different from us, but they're still normal. They all have niches, and I want to work hard to find out where Leo's special. This little, gra- this little guy is great. And that is a great story, and that is a story that I'm very proud to read with you. And Leo does not need that mother. That mother did not care for the baby, so Leo does not need him. Leo has a wonderful father to take care of him. All right, so we go down to another sad story, sad news story, and this is Cops, a boy kidnapped for being nice. Boy's mother, grandmother, aunt, and a co-worker of the aunt charged in case. A six-year-old boy in Missouri endured an emotional four-hour stage kidnapping because his family thought he was being too nice to people he did not know, police said Thursday. The four, the four people involved in the alleged plot, the boy's mother, grandmother, aunt, and a co-worker of the aunt, have been charged with kidnapping and other felonies, the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office said. Family members told investigators their primary intent was to educate the victim and felt they did nothing wrong, the press release said. During his reported ordeal, the boy was lured Monday into a pickup truck after getting off his school bus, tied up, threatened with a gun, taken to a basement where his pants were removed, and told he can be sold into sex slavery, police said. The boy was told in a, the truck by Nathan Wynn Farver, the aunt's co-worker, that he would never see his mommy again, and he would be nailed to the wall of a shed. The sheriff's statement said, The boy started to cry, police said, and Firevet, 23 years old, showed the child the gun and said he would be harmed if he did not stop bawling. Firevet used plastic bags to tie the child's hands and feet, police said. He took his jacket and covered the boy's head so he couldn't see. He guided the boy, still unable to see, into the basement of his mother's home, where his 38-year-old aunt took off the boy's pants, according to the sheriff's statement. The victim remained in the basement for some time before he was unbound and told to go upstairs, where the victim's family lectured him about stranger danger, the statement said. The suspects kept each other updated throughout the incident on cell phones, police said. The boy's 25-year-old mother Elizabeth Hopp of Troy is charged with 
felon kidnapping and felony abuse and neglect of a child. The 58-year-old grandmother, Rose Brewer, the aunt, Denise Crutel, and Fearvid are also charged with felonious restraint. The sheriff said Crutel approached Fearvid to kidnap her nephew to scare him because he was too nice to people. The statement alleges the mother and grandmother both agreed that boy should be kidnapped to teach him a lesson. The boy was placed into protective custody after he told school officials Wednesday what had happened to him. CNN has been trying to track down lawyers for the accused, but has been unable to locate information on the attorneys. Troy is about an hour northwest of St. Louis. And our final news story for this week's Weekly News Hour could be sad for some of you who like Radio Shack, but Radio Shack files for bankruptcy. Struggling electronics retailer Radio Shack has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection and says it will sell up to 2,400 stores. General Wireless, a subsidiary of Standard General, Radio Shack's largest shareholder, has agreed to buy 1,500 to 2,400 of the company's U.S. stores. As part of the bankruptcy plan, Sprint may open many shops in as many as 1,760 of the acquired Radio Shack stores. These steps are the culmination of a thought process intended to drive maximum value for our stakeholders, said Joe Magnaca, Radio Shack's chief executive officer. The Fort Worth, Texas company said Thursday that it had filed a motion to proceed with closing the rest of its 4,000 U.S. doors. It had also been discussing to sell all its remaining assets. The struggling company also fired, or excuse me, the the struggling company also filed worker adjustments and retraining notification letters with the Texas Workforce Commission in Austin Thursday. According to WAR, according to Warren letters, Radio Shack will close their downtown Fort Worth headquarters faculty and multiple Fort Worth distribution faculties and intends to lay off more than 1,000 workers if Radio Shack can't find a buyer by March 13, 2015. Radio Shack has suffered from years of losses. The company introduced one of their first mass-marketed personal computers and used to be the go-to stop for consumers' home home electronics needs. But it struggled as shoppers increasingly shifted to making purchases online and growth in its wireless business load. It has suffered years of losses. The company, which has not turned a profit since 2011, still operates nearly 500, or still, excuse me, I'm making a lot of mistakes tonight, but the company still operates near 5,500 stores and employs about 27,500 people worldwide, according to its last annual report filed with the U.S. Secretaries and Exchange Commission. Radio Shack was... Founded in Boston in 1921, 
started as a distributor of mail-order ship radios, ham radios, and parts. In the 1950s, it entered the high-fatality business, toting a device called the Audio Comparator, a then novel switching system that allowed the customer to mix and match components and speakers in the living room. All right. And that is our news for this week. Some great news that I shared with you. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's news. All right, coming up next here on our fifth installment of Weekly News Hour, I'm going to do my very first food review. Coming up next, I'm going to do my Red Velvet Oreo review. I'm going to recap Super Bowl 49. I'm going to have a WWE recap, quotes, and news for the Alex Cornelli Show. Stick around. We've got plenty more of the Alex Cornelli Show coming up. Find out my thoughts on the Red Velvet Oreo next after our commercial break. So, we're going to take a commercial break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, and we're going to hear some wonderful music. We're back with more of our weekly news hour after a word from our sponsors. The Aquatic Wetline is a tropical fish keeping podcast that is dedicated to all the tropical fish keepers. The Aquatic Wetline covers fresh water, salt water, and reptiles. The Aquatic Wetline is the one and only fish keeping podcast hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. Aquatic Wetline is one of the original fish keeping podcasts that was the first to be dedicated to freshwater fish on Blog Talk Radio. With over 100 episodes and plenty of new episodes coming to you live each week, Aquatic Wetline is the place to be for all fish keepers. So check us out. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash AquaAlex. Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Aquatics Euphoria, a podcast about fish, all things fish and everything fish. Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up with a great fish species topic for a great show. Check out Aquatics Euphoria today for an enjoyable fish show. William T. and his co-hosts do it all. Salt water, fresh water, yes, plants and even specials on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that William T. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids. Teens and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses, and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week, or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash epiphany USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, 
political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come hear some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on, be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first, though. Gail Carson is a singer and songwriter who produces some awesome music. Gail Carson is an ASCAP, multi-genre singer-slash-songwriter spanning folk, country, roots, Americana, and a little bit of rock and roll. www.gailcarson.com Gail Carson is also a radio show host of The Gail Carson Show, an original indie artist showcase series broadcast on internet radio stations all over the world. Gail Carson is a professional photographer, videographer, and graphic artist www.gailcarsonphotograph.com Gail Carson is a producer slash engineer. Gail Carson is a music promoter. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. The internet is home to millions of users all around the world, but you cannot trust anyone on the internet. Live this Sunday, February 8th, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to find out why you cannot trust anyone on the Internet. Alex is going to be talking about his favorite TV show, Web of Lies. Web of Lies is a criminal show that features cyber bullies on the Internet that results in their victims' deaths. Unfortunately, People have died in the series due to cyberbullying. Web of Lies airs on Investigation Discovery, and we're going to discuss Web of Lies right here on the Alice Carnelli Show. We're going to discuss the cases of 12-year-old Autumn Pasquale, Megan Meyer, and much more that were the results of cyberbullying. Find out how you can put an end to cyberbullying and why you should not trust the Internet. Live this Sunday, February 8th, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern, Alex talks about Web of Lies and why you should not trust everyone on the Internet. This Sunday at blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex talks at 9 p.m. Eastern. blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex talks. Live this coming Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, the Alice Carnelli Show welcomes its first music band and its first musician to the show. Cal Davidson of New Sims will be on the Alice Carnelli Show. Cal Davidson will tell us all about New Stems. New Stems is a Canadian rock band, and Cal Davidson is going to tell us about his rock band 
newsstands and when it was started. So join us live this Monday, February 9, 2015 at 6 p.m. Eastern to learn more about newsstands. Alec is pumped to have a rock band on the Oscar Noe Show for the first time. So make sure you listen live to the show this Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Blogtalkradio.com forward slash Crazy Alice Talk. Hey listeners, are you ready? Our history series is back on the Alice Cornelli Show. We learned the history of the United States of America. Now it's time to have fun with our history. Because now we're going to learn the history of some stores. Live this Tuesday, February 10th, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to learn the history of one of the largest stores in the world. Live this Tuesday, we're going to learn the history of Walmart. When did Walmart first start? How is Walmart doing now? Let's find out the history of Walmart live this Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So join the Alice Granelli Show this Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern to learn about Walmart and its rich history and its rich controversy. Live Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Crazy Alex Talk. Calling all husbands, wives, boyfriends, and girlfriends. Valentine's Day is quickly approaching, and Chef Alice Cardinelli is here to help you make a very romantic Valentine's Day dinner. That's right, we're going to have a very special Cooking with Alice Cardinelli Valentine's Day episode live on the Alice Cardinelli Show Friday, February 13th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern. This will air one day before Valentine's Day, so that husbands, wives, boyfriends, and girlfriends can rush to the grocery store and buy some of the food to cook their romantic dinner for their husbands, wives, boyfriends, or girlfriends. Chef Alex is going to have some delicious recipes for you, including a delicious steak meal, a delicious chicken parmesan, and delicious desserts, including lava cake, red velvet cake, and much more. So, rest assured, Chef Alex will have the perfect Valentine's Day dinner for you. So join Cooking with Alex Carnelli live Friday, February 13th, at 8 p.m. Eastern for a perfect Valentine's Day dinner on the Alice Cardinelli Show, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks for our second episode of Cooking with Alice Cardinelli and you'll learn how to make a delicious romantic Valentine's Day dinner for your other half. It's time to get funky right here on the Alice Cardinelli Show. We're going to hear some wonderful music on the Alice Cardinelli Show. I hope you like music, so DJ Alex, 
take it away and play some wonderful music here on the Alex Cardinelli Show. Yeah! Another one by the dust. This first song is an old song, but a classic song, and it's called Wild Thing. You make my heart say, <laughs> anyway, it's called Wild Thing, and here it is, folks. <laughs> Bad to the bone. But I 
bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. I broke a thousand hearts before I met you. I break a thousand more, baby, before I am through. I wanna be your pretty baby, yours and yours alone. I'm here to tell you, honey, that I'm bad to the bone, bad to the bone. Bad, 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 bad to the woman beg, and I make a good woman steal, I make an old woman blush, and I make a young girl squeal, I wanna be yours pretty baby, yours and yours alone, I'm here to tell you honey, that I'm bad to the phone, bad, 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 bad,
Back into the Alex Cardinelli Show, live with your host, Alex Cardinelli. We hope you enjoyed our nice music and commercial break and are ready for some fun discussion. What is Alex going to chat about now? Don't forget to call in at 1-323-642-1605 to let your voice be heard. Get involved with social media and tweet your thoughts on tonight's topic. Tweet to at Alex Cardinelli 1, capital A in Alex and C in Cardinelli. 
Now let's get back to the action. Here's Alex live from the Blog Talk Radio Studio in Springfield, Massachusetts. And welcome back to the Alex Cardinelli Show on this fine Friday evening. I hope you guys enjoyed our nice, long commercial and music break. Now, before commercial break, we were discussing today's date in history, and I gave out some wonderful news. Now, it's the fun part of the show, because coming up right now, for the first time ever on the Alice Cardinelli Show, I'm going to be doing a taste test and giving a review on a new food product, and then I'm going to be doing a Super Bowl 49 recap, and I'll recap WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown from this week, as well as give my quotes and some news for the Alice Cardinelli show. But before we get started with that, I want to remind you that you can go ahead and call in at 1-323-642-1605. That's 1-323-642-1605. And you can go ahead and call in with your thoughts on the Red Velvet Oreos, if you tried them, or your thoughts on Super Bowl 49, or your thoughts on WWE Raw and SmackDown this past week. one three four seven. Or excuse me, one three two three six four two one six oh five. That's one three two three six four two one six oh five. All right. Now we're gonna make history because for the first time ever I'm actually going to taste test a brand new food product right now. And I'm actually gonna go ahead and try a red velvet Oreo that was released on Monday, February second. So it was just released this past Monday. And if you know me, you know that I love red velvet Oreos, and I look forward to tasting it. Now, the cookie does not look that red. It's actually more like an amber-brown coloration. So this dates back to like a classic red velvet cookie that did not use red food coloring, but it does smell good. The frosting smells like cream cheese, and it smells kind of sweet. So it does look good. It does look appetizing, and it does look like a fellow red velvet cake lover like myself. As I said, if you don't know me by now, please know that I'm a big, diehard red velvet cake fan. And I was very excited for when I heard the red velvet Oreos were coming out. So I'm going to go ahead and take a bite out of the red velvet Oreos and I'll give you my thoughts on them. They're actually pretty good, actually. It's not too sweet as I expected it to be. And it's got a cream cheese flavor. And actually, it just tastes the same like a regular Oreo with red food coloring to it. So to me, it tastes pretty similar to a regular Oreo with just red food coloring. And I like the cream. It's got um, uh, a cream cheese flavor to it, so that is good. 
And we've got our first caller of the evening. And before I get to the caller, yes, I would recommend you try Red Velvet Oreos. But let's get to the caller. You're now live on the Alice Carnelli Show. And thank you so much for calling in. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, sir? Not bad. I was just calling in to let you know I tried the Red Velvet Oreo also. Did you like it? Oh, I wasn't a big fan of it. Now, if we were talking cupcake or peanut butter Oreo, then I'd be a fan of it. That's good. I like Red Velvet Oreos, so i got to say these are awesome. I like Red Velvet Cakes, so that's why I like Red Velvet Oreos. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. I kind of agreed with what you said. It kind of just tasted like a regular Oreo. With just cream cheese filling, that's about yeah. it. It tastes like a regular Oreo to me. Now, what would have been, if they would have, I don't know, maybe they did. Do you remember the Oreo Cakesters? Yeah, oh, well, they're good. I think they still make those, now, don't they? Now, if they had like a, yeah, but if they if they had a red velvet one like that, it might be a little better because it's like a cake. Yeah, I hope they make those. Those would be awesome. Yeah, okay, well, I just thought I'd call in and tell you what I thought about them, and I'll let you get back to your wonderful show, and hope you have a good night. Thank you, sir, for calling in, and, and uh, thank you for participating in our first food test ever. Yeah, no problem. Hope there's many more. There will there'll be plenty more. Thank you for calling in. I think I think we should start trying the world's hottest hot sauces. <laughs> oh boy, you'll probably see me dying on the radio show doing that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll let you get back to your show. Have a good night, Alex. You too, sir. Thank you for calling in, Jeff. All right, so my final thoughts on the Red Velvet Oreo. I would give it an A-, minus, but it is definitely, definitely delish, and I would recommend you trying the Red Velvet Oreo. So do I think you should go out and buy a Red Velvet Oreo? Well, I've got one thing to say to that. Yes! 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 Okay, now we're back here live on the Alex Turnelli Show. And we're going to go ahead and move on down to our next topic here. Actually, but before we do that, our next food review is going to be on our next weekly news hour. And it's going to be on another red velvet item, but this time it'll be on the Hostess Red Velvet Cupcake. That's right. Hostess is now making red velvet cupcakes, and we'll do that food review on our next um uh, weekly news hour here on the Alice Cardinelli Show. All right, moving on down to our next topic now. We're going to do a Super Bowl 49 review. And that was one of the best Super Bowls that I have seen in years. And that is one that I really enjoyed. So I know a lot of you were watching Super Bowl 49 because this was one of the most watched Super Bowls in history, matter of fact, I did some research today, and it said that this was the most watched Super Bowl since Super Bowl 45. So it was great. Four years later, and it beat Super Bowl 45. It was a great game. I really did enjoy it. And it was a very close game up until the fourth quarter, and it was a game that I really enjoyed. The, the first half was a great. The first quarter, there was no score. The second quarter, it was tied 
leading up to halftime, 14-14. to In the third quarter, um, the Seahawks were dominating the Patriots. And in the fourth quarter, the Seahawks were leading up until the last 10 minutes or so of the game. And then we all know Tom Brady is a Super Bowl, Super Bowl hero. And Tom Brady threw the winning touchdown. And the Patriots would go on to win 28-24. to And the Seahawks were very close to winning Super Bowl 48, but a very dumb decision by Russell Wilson to pass the ball on the two-yard line when he could have rushed it and got the game-winning touchdown. But no, Russell Wilson decided to try and throw a touchdown. But what happened, it resulted in an interception that saved the game and the victory for the Patriots. And i got to be honest, I was quite nervous when um, the Seahawks were towards the end zone because I had a bet going on with my good friend Jeff. And I know you guys know the bet. If Jeff won, I would have had to read a letter that he wrote to you guys. I probably would have done it today or a show that he picked. Or if I won, which I did, I'd be winning $40, which hopefully come in tomorrow. And as we know, the Patriots won, and I was so excited. As soon as I saw the interception, I was ecstatic. It was great. My, it made my whole Sunday special. And I enjoyed seeing the Patriots defeat the Seahawks 28-24. to And I feel bad for all the Seattle Seahawks fans because they were very quiet on social media the night of Super Bowl 49 when they got defeated. I had seen them on Saturday night posting how bad – the Seahawks are going to destroy the Patriots. But when it came down to the fourth quarter with 20 seconds left, they were quiet. So I was quite happy about that. But I still have respect um, for for my uh, buddies who are Seahawks fans. And Jeff is a Seahawks fan. And I say that he is a great person. And I know his Seahawks are going to be awesome next year. But let's hear it for the Patriots. The Patriots are the 2014 Super Bowl champions. Well, technically the 2015 Super Bowl champions. They are the Super Bowl 49 Super Bowl winners. And I can't wait for them to come back to New England. I think they did that already this week. All right, well, I've got one more thing to say about Super Bowl 49, and that is Super Bowl 49 champions are the Patriots. Yes! 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 I just had to do that to the Seattle Seahawks fans, especially Jeff, because I know Jeff is listening live. But it's all due and good fun. It's all done and good fun. I'm only teasing you guys. Okay. Let's face it, the NFL season is now over, so it's anyone's season this year. We don't know who's making the Super Bowl 50 this year, but I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to Super Bowl 50 because we're celebrating 50 years of great games. And I personally would love to see the Packers make the Super Bowl this year because they were in the first Super Bowl with Vince Lombardi, and we know the history behind Vince Lombardi. And I personally cannot wait another year for Super Bowl 50 in 2016. That's going to be awesome, and I know it's going to be a great, great game. 
All right, we're done with football talk now because it's baseball season. Who's ready for some baseball? I am, and I can't wait for the New York Yankees to start their season, and hopefully the New York Yankees will have a great season. And in a couple weeks here on the Alex Cardinelli Show, we're going to switch our gears from football to baseball because it's almost spring and it's almost time for Major League Baseball to return. And I can't wait to preview it. And I can't wait to talk about the New York Yankees. And hopefully in October of this year, I'll be able to announce the New York Yankees winning the World Series, which is going to be great. All right. So now on to our next topic for today's show, which is going to be a complete WWE recap for this week. And we know that WWE Monday Night Raw airs on Monday night, and we know that WWE SmackDown airs on Thursdays. So I'm going to go ahead and recap Monday Night Raw and SmackDown right now. It's time for the Alex Cardinal Show to lay down the SmackDown on this segment. Alex will be recapping WWE Monday Night Raw and WWE SmackDown from this week, right here, right now, on the Alex Cardinal Show. Triple H at WrestleMania 31. 
Triple H says the Sting problem brings them back to the original problem and the controversy surrounding Roman Reigns. And Stephanie asks, what if The Rock didn't interfere? She says they could have had a different star winning the Rumble, and Reigns' name will be in the history books, but they aren't sure he should face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Reigns cuts them off and heads right to the ring and gets right in Triple H's face and asks if they're really going to try and take his title shot away after he won the Royal Rumble. Reigns says, hell no, then they'll have a stare down, but Stephanie gets in between them and tells Reigns to stop and think. She says the very family he's trying to oppress is the reason he probably shouldn't main event WrestleMania. Then Daniel Bryan comes out and says he's sorry Reigns has to deal with this. So long story short, Triple H books a match between Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan, and the winner will challenge Roman Reigns at Fastlane, and the winner of the match at Fastlane will challenge Brock Lesnar for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 31. And that was the biggest segment to start the show. Raw was over a 20-minute segment. And then we've got Big Show versus Roman Reigns, and Big Show would go on to defeat Roman, Wayne, Roman Reigns. And then Kurt Axel comes out to cut a promo saying he should be the Royal Rumble winner, and Dean Ambrose comes out, eliminates him, and attacks him, and hits him with the dirty deeds, and celebrates. And Dean Ambrose announces he wants to be the new number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. Gold and Stardust take on the accession, and the accession beat Golden Stardust, and they continue to tease a separate a separation from Golden Stardust. And then we have Ryback versus Luke Harper, and the winner was Ryback. We've got Jimmy Uso versus Cesaro, and the winner of this match was Cesaro, and that was actually a good match on Monday Night Raw. I enjoyed seeing that match. Then we've got Dolph Ziggler versus Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt would go on to defeat Dolph Ziggler. And again, that was a good match. And I seriously think that WWE is booking Bray Wyatt to face The Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. But that is just my personal opinion. And the boring match of the night was Paige versus Alicia Fox with Paige winning. And we had The Miz versus Sin Cara with Sin Cara beating The Miz. Bray Wyatt would later on go out to cut a promo, which is similar to me in meaning that um, he was going to beat, um, or he actually was going to face The Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. Then we had Seth Rollins versus Daniel Bryan in the main event. Daniel Bryan would go on to win, setting up Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at Fastlane. And the winner would go on to challenge Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31. And that was Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. All right, and now we've got WWE SmackDown review. And honestly, I did not watch SmackDown yet. I've actually recorded it. I'm going to watch SmackDown after my show tonight. So SmackDown starts with The Miz TV, and he welcomes Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns to the ring. Bryan makes his entrance, followed by Reigns. Reigns turns and drops The Miz immediately with a Superman punch. 
Brian nods and Rain says Brian thinks he can walk in and just steal his opportunity. But he fought through 29 other men to get it and he'll go through one more. Rain says there's no one who will stop him from getting to WrestleMania and he's going to beat Brian at Fastlane. He says he sees in Brian's eyes that maybe they should do this right here and now. So they both clear the ring and stare each other down. But Seth Rollins cuts him off before anything happens, and he says he doesn't mean to be a party pooper, but he has a bone to pick with both of them. Rollins says Brian knows he, Rollins, is going to win. The rain square everything up by sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. Rollins says rain sucker punched him because he's a coward. It doesn't matter who wins that fast lane or WrestleMania because he is still the future. He holds up his briefcase and says, this is his future. But Brian's future is in jeopardy tonight because he's facing J&J security and himself in a match tonight. And then we got Dolph Ziggler and Ryback versus Gold and Stardust. And the winners were Dolph Ziggler and Ryback. He's got Dean Ambrose versus Curtis Axel, and Dean Ambrose will later on go on to win. He's got Fandango versus Adam Rose, and Fandango would win. He's got The Miz versus Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns would defeat The Miz. And then we've got Eric Rowan versus Rusev, with Rusev getting the victory. We've got Paige versus Alicia Fox, and Paige would defeat Alicia Fox again on SmackDown. And we've got Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins, Joey Mercury, and Jamie Noble. And the winner of that match was Daniel Bryan. And after the match, Kane comes out to attack him. He throws Brian in the ring, and they all take turns hitting him. Kane chokes him twice before Rollins grows, and they all stand over Brian, with Rollins saying, good luck getting to Fastlane to end Thursday Night SmackDown. And that is your WWE Monday Night Raw and WWE Thursday Night SmackDown review. Hopefully, Raw and SmackDown this coming week will be a lot better. And that is your sports talk for this week's Weekly News Hour. We'll have more sports next week for you here on the Weekly News Hour. All right, now we've got a segment that I love doing here on the Weekly News Hour. It's time for the crazy Alex Cardinale to share his quotes with you this week. Alex, you crazy bastard, make sure you have some good quotes for us. It's time for quote time with Alex Cardinale right here, right now on the Alex Cardinale Show. All right, it's time for quote time with Alex Cardinelli. So I've got three great quotes for you. The first quote is from one of my high school teachers, and it is, Never give up. Failure is the key to success. If you fail once, try again. If you fail again, try harder next time until you succeed. Failure is for losers. If you keep trying, you will not fail. Now, my next quote is my personal favorite one. Do not let your past dictate your future. Only you can dictate your future. Stay out of your past and focus on the future. And the final quote is another one that I really do like. Do what you love. Do not stop doing what you love because of what people think. And that is this week's quote time with Alex Cardinelli. 
And our final segment for today's show is news for the Alice Cardinelli show. The first news is that there were some awesome shows on the Alice Cardinelli show this week. If you missed them, I really do invite you to go back and check them out. On Monday, we have one of our sponsors on the show. We had Jambox co-owner Daniel May on the show. On Tuesday, we had my good friend and my best friend, the controversial Kason Bolton, on the show, and he did a fantastic job. And it was revealed on Tuesday that Kason would be on the Alice Cardinelli show once a month, and I look forward to having Kaysen on the Alice Cardinelli show once a month, and Kaysen will indeed be on the Alice Cardinelli show in March. So I can't wait to have Kaysen on the Alice Cardinelli show once a month. And Wednesday, we had the debut of Cooking with Alice Cardinelli right here on the Alice Cardinelli show. That was a great show. The Cooking with Alice Cardinelli show was wonderful. I really did enjoy it. I talked about cookies, cakes, and chocolate and gave out 16 great recipes. So if you missed any of our earlier shows this week, I really do advise you to check them out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex Talks or check them out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio because they really were great shows this week. Now, we've got a guest coming up this Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Monday, I'm going to be interviewing my first musician, my first rock band, and my first songwriter. I'm going to be interviewing Tal Davidson from Canada's rock band, New Stern. That's going to be a wonderful show, and I look forward to it. So join me live this Monday, February 9th. 2015 at 6 p.m. Eastern as I interview New Stern's Tal Davidson. Now, we've got an action-packed week coming for you next week here on the Alice Cardinelli Show. Monday, we've got the uh, New Stern Tal Davidson interview. Tuesday, February 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern, our history series is going to return, and I'm going to be talking about the history of Walmart Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And Friday, February 13th, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're not going to be doing a weekly news hour next Friday. We're going to be doing a Valentine's Day themed Cooking with Alice Cardinelli episode next Friday. And I'm going to have plenty of Valentine's Day recipes in store for you next Friday. So next Friday there will be no weekly news hour because I am doing a Valentine's Day Cooking with Alice Cardinelli recipe packed with great great Valentine's Day recipes. So next Friday, be ready for a Valentine's Day Cooking with Alice Cornelli show. So two Cooking with Alice Cornelli shows in one month, and next Friday we're going to have our second Cooking with Alice Cornelli show. But there will be a weekly news show next week. Weekly News Hour will air Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. So next Sunday, February 15th, 2015 at 9 p.m. Eastern weekly news hour is going to air so for the very first time ever we're going to air our weekly news hour to end the full seven-day week so that is going to be awesome 
and it's actually going to be our sixth weekly news hour. So next Sunday, we're going to reach half a dozen weekly news hours. So I'm really looking forward to that. And my final news for tonight's show is that the Alice Cardinelli Show is quickly approaching its 50th episode. Can you believe that? We are about to crush and reach our first milestone in reaching 50 episodes. I started the Alice Cardinelli Show back in November. So two months ago, I started, actually three months ago now, I started the Alice Cardinelli Show. And we're about to reach our 50th episode. We are only 19 episodes away from our 50th episode. Can you guys believe that? 19 episodes away from our 50th episode of the Alex Cardinelli Show. There will be guests on the Alex Cardinelli Show's 50th episode, and there may be prizes for the Alex Cardinelli Show's 50th episode. I just need to find some prizes but I'm thinking there will be prizes for our 50th episode. I will have more information in the next two upcoming weekly news hours. Next Sunday, I'll have more information on our 50th episode. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode, and I apologize for some of my mistakes tonight. But I, got, I hope you guys did enjoy this week's weekly news hour. Thank you for listening to tonight's episode of the Alice Cardinelli Show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'm looking forward to an awesome weekend. I am, because my local fish store is having a huge five-year anniversary sale, and I'm going to be buying some fish and fish tanks, which is going to be great this weekend. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, please share it on social media and check us out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and like our fan page on Facebook called The Alice Cardinelli Show. Thank you all for listening. And make sure you join me on Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern when I talk about Web of Lies, which is a crime television show that discusses cyberbullying on the Internet and... Uh, people who die from cyberbullying, and we're going to learn why you should not trust the Internet this Sunday. I'm Alice Cardinelli, and thank you for listening to the Alice Cardinelli Show's weekly news hour tonight on this fine Friday evening. Have a great weekend, and Alice Cardinelli and the Alice Cardinelli Show are signing off right now. And I'm going to sign off with another plug for Sunday's show. The Internet is home to millions of users all around the world. But you cannot trust anyone on the Internet. Live this Sunday, February 8th, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to find out why you cannot trust anyone on the Internet. Alex is going to be talking about his favorite TV show, Web of Lies. Web of Lies is a criminal show that features cyber bullies on the internet that results in their victims' deaths. Unfortunately, people have died in the series due to cyber bullying. Web of Lies airs on Investigation Discovery, and we're going to discuss Web of Lies right here on the Alice Cardinelli Show. We're going to discuss the cases of 12-year-old Autumn Pasquale, Megan Meyer, and much more that were the results of cyberbullying. 
Find out how you can put an end to cyberbullying and why you should not trust the internet. Live this Sunday, February 8th, 2015, at 9 p.m. Eastern, Alex talks about Web Alive and why you should not trust everyone on the internet. This Sunday at blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex talks at 9 p.m. Eastern. blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazy Alex talks. Thank you for listening to the Alex Cardinal Show, your one stop for anything sports, news, politics, and general chat. Make sure you join us each and every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Please like our fan page on Facebook. Log on to Facebook and type in The Alex Cardinal Show and click like. We are also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Check us out there. For more information on our show, check out our webpage, blogtalkradio.com forward slash crazyalextalks. Have a good night and thanks for listening to The Alex Cardinal Show.